Tonight we're going to finish up a section of God's wisdom found in the middle of a book of God's wisdom, the book of Proverbs, found in the middle of a book of God's wisdom, the Bible. Now I want you to think about that. We have the Bible, God's wisdom, God's truth given to us. In the middle of that, we have a book of God's wisdom, the book of Proverbs. And in the middle of that, we have these 30 sayings. Now, I think it's an interesting thing. I've been saying this, that, that God says, here is my wisdom, talking about his word. He tells us, if you live by it, you will be blessed. And if you live by it, that he would be glorified, that he would be honored. Well, in the midst of that book, he gives us a book of specific wisdom. If you want to know what to do, you want to know how to act and respond in godly wisdom, well, here is a book giving you very specific points of wisdom. And then in the middle of that, how interesting that he says, well, and then here are these 30 things that you should really hear, 30 things that you should truly know, and he gives us these 30 sayings. Well, Tonight, we're going to finish up this section looking at these 30 things, 30 things that God said you truly need to know these things. As we finish tonight, I want to remind us when we left off with the 26th saying, we're going to start back with the 27th. When we left off with the 26th saying, God had reminded us that his wisdom, his word, his truth is the best way to live. That's what those verses said. It is not a burden to us. It is not a duty to us. It is not some test for us, but this is, this is the best way to live, and that's, that's what he pointed out. If we keep it, we'll have success. That's what he's shown us. If we keep it, we will have a future. That's what he says. Well, last week he ends, and we ended by saying, this is the best way to live. Well, when you hear that, you might say, well, actually, you said that the week before. And if you were listening, actually, you said that the week before that as well. Well, I want to tell you tonight, as we close out this section, we would do well to be sure, we would do well to be reminded again, God's word is the best way to live. You want to know the best way to live? You want to avoid trouble and drama and chaos? God's word truly is the best way to live. We say that. It seems like every Sunday night in our study of God's wisdom, God's word truly is the best way to live. All right, listen to saying 26, starting in verse 13. We're in chapter 24, and this is where we ended last week. My son, eat honey, for it is good. Yes, the honey from the comb, it is sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is thus for your soul. God's word is the same way. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. God's word truly is the best way to live. It is the sweet thing. It is the best way to live. All right, we're going to start back tonight. We're starting back with saying 27, saying 27 uh, here in chapter 24, it's found in verses 15 and 16. God's word says this. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not destroy his resting place. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in, a, in time of calamity. 
Now understand, saying 27 has two parts to it. It is a warning to the wicked, and it is an encouragement for the righteous. And so there's two parts in the saying. There's a warning to be heeded. There's a warning to be heard by the wicked, and there is a word of encouragement for the righteous. The first thing we see is the warning for the wicked. Now, let me just sum it up. It, it, it means this. Leave the righteous alone. That's what that means. That's in, in, in the most simplistic way. It means do not plot against them. Do not plan against them. Do not set traps for them. Leave the righteous alone. Leave them alone. Now, that's the warning. What is the reality? Here's the reality. They can't. They cannot do it. They will not do it. They live to mess with the righteous. We see that. The Bible tells us that. We see that lived out. They live to overturn the righteous. They live to set snares for the righteous. There's nothing more that they would like to see than the righteous stumble. There's nothing more they would like to see than the righteous fail. I always say this. And we can be sure of this. Believers, be sure tonight the world is watching you. And I, I've come across a bunch of different verses, and, and I believe they're all saying this, but be sure. Believers, the world is watching you. And they're not watching to see if you succeed. Sometimes we say, well, I'll live a good example, and they're going to cheer me on. They're going to be so glad about that. They're not watching to see you succeed. They're watching hoping, desiring, wishing that you'd fail. And so you better believe if you, if you profess faith in Jesus Christ, if you've said, I'm going to live according to the word of God, we're going to be different as God's word has called us to be. They are watching you and they are hoping that you would fail. Well, the, the command here is, if you're wise, leave the righteous alone, leave them alone. That is the warning. Now there's the word of encouragement. The word of encouragement is this, because you can't beat them. Leave them alone because you can't beat them. Verse 16, for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. Listen to me tonight, righteous person. God's truth will stand. God's wisdom is true. Now, I want you to think about that. These aren't best guesses. This is the wisdom of God. God's wisdom is true. And so listen to me. There is hope in the answer. There is hope in the truth. And if you fall down seven times, you're not defeated. God's word is still true. God's word still stands. And if you fall down seven times, you can stand back up. Now, here's what we need to understand as followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, God is with me. God is with you. God and the Holy Spirit empowers me. He empowers you. God in his word leads me. He leads you through his word. And so I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you fall, you are not defeated. Now, you don't want to know what is hopeless? Hopeless is walking apart from God. 
Hopeless is walking in your own power. I've got it. I'm strong enough. Hope, hopelessness is walking in evilness and wickedness. Bible says in times of trouble, they will fail. There is no hope for them. In the New Testament, in, in Matthew chapter 7, it says, and the storms will come and the winds will blow and they will be blown away, washed away. Saying 27, verses 15 and 16. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not destroy his resting place. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in time of calamity. All right, moving to saying 28, found in verses 17 and 18. Do not rejoice. Let me just say this before I read that. I almost just... Let me say this. Before I read saying number 28, ouch. Let me go ahead and say that. All right, now we can look at it. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let, try, do not, yeah, let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles or the Lord will see it and be displeased and turn his anger away from him. Now I want you to see this. This is a pretty deep thing. We need to understand this as those that are trying to follow Jesus Christ. The injustices done to us, the insults and the troubles heaped on us, as followers of Jesus Christ, we turn over to the Lord. And that is our instruction. That's the pattern of Scripture. That's what we're commanded to do. The injustices, this isn't saying they didn't happen. The, the, the things that are wrong, the troubles that are heaped on us, the insults that are heaped on us, as followers of Jesus Christ, here's what we do. We turn those over to the Lord. In the Old and New Testament both, it says, and do not repay evil for evil, says the Lord, for vengeance is mine. Pay back is mine. Retribution is mine. That's what God says. Do not repay evil for evil, for vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Think about this tonight. He is the only one that knows the hearts of people. He is the only one that has seen everything. He knows everything. And he is the righteous judge. Now what that means is he doesn't have an agenda. He's not going to bend it one way for somebody else and one other way for somebody else. He is the perfect righteous judge. And so here's what God will do. God will do the right thing. Now, we're swayed by emotion. Now, we might have prejudice. We're not going to do always the right thing. He will do the right thing. And then here's this. And he will settle the score. Sometimes I think, well, I hope that doesn't go get unpunished. I hope they get caught in that. Listen, he's going to settle the score. Listen to me. As a believer, that is our hope. That is our peace. And listen to this. That is our privilege. You know what? I can take this thing and I'm, I'm so mad about this. I'm so hurt about this. I'm so upset about this thing. Oh, I'd like to do something about this. It is my privilege to turn it over to the Lord I don't have to settle it. I don't have to go around and get all the pieces. I don't have to go around and interview everybody. I don't have to hold court, and I don't have to pay anybody back. As a believer, it's our hope. 
It is our peace and it is our privilege to say, God, you know all things. You see all things. You measure the heart. And I don't have to settle this. And so I turn it over to you. But here's the deal. But when we do that, I'm talking to myself, we don't pick it back up. You know what? I've trusted to God. I don't, I don't understand this situation. This situation isn't right. And I've turned it over to God. But you know what? I, I don't get to pick it back up. And so when our enemy falls, we do not rejoice. When our enemy falls, we're not glad when they fall. Verse 18 says, if God sees us taking up his role, we're rejoicing in their punishment. When he, when he sees us acting as judge, he is displeased, that's the word, displeased with us. He's upset with us. His anger, the Bible says, will turn away from them. Let me tell you something. I have learned the best thing for all people. And I don't know, my human mind likes to say, well, there's some exclusions to this. That's not what we believe as gospel professing Christians. The best thing for all people, no matter what they have done, no matter who they are, no matter how much they've hurt us, no matter how angry we are, the best thing is that they would repent that they would see where they were wrong and they would seek God's remedy. The best thing is that they would seek God's remedy. You know what will happen if they seek God's remedy? They will find his remedy. Repentance is always the goal. Restoration is always the goal. And so here's the thing tonight. We have to look to Christ and we have to look like Christ. You know what? No sin's going to go unpunished. The Bible tells us that. We can trust the righteous judge. The Bible tells us that. So what do we do? Oh, this is hard. We're gracious. You know what? God's the righteous judge. He'll settle all the scores. We are gracious. Let me tell you, here's what I found. Most of the time, that means we're going to be silent. You know how hard that is? It is hard to be silent. It's hard not to say, well, let me tell you something. Well, we watched them fall. Well, let me tell you the four things you don't know about them. Let me tell you the thing they did to me. Let me, oh, oh, they're repenting. Well, let me tell you something else that you might be shocked at. We are gracious, trusting God to settle all the scores. He will do that. Saying 28, and do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see it and be displeased and turn his anger away from him. All right, saying 29, it kind of ties to that. Saying 29 says this, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked for there will be no future for the evil man and the lamp of the wicked will be put out. All right, the word fret here. Do not fret because of evildoers. Here's what we think about fret. We think when you fret, uh, you're, you're maybe becoming worried. You're, you're worried about something. You're fretting about something. You're becoming agitated about something. And so we think, well, don't, don't become uh, agitated. Don't worry about the evildoers. That's not what it means. Here's what it literally means. To become kindled up. 
to actually burst into flames. Do not fret over evildoers. How come they never get caught? You ever say that? How come they always seem to prosper? You ever say that? Look at the harm that they do. Look what they're doing. And you start to burn. You start to, to, to fire up and anger takes control. Now, that's one response. The other response is this. Now, I think it's very interesting. It says, or become envious. Become envious of the wicked. The word envious means jealous. And so you're watching this, and on one hand you say, well, they seem to always get away with it. They seem to not have any problems. On this side you say, look at their lives. Look at, look at the things that they have. Everybody thinks they're great. I wish my life were like that. And maybe I ought to bend a little bit. Maybe I ought to concede a little bit. Maybe I ought to be blind to a couple things. And you start to be, be envious of the evildoer. Now, it says don't, don't become envious of them. Now, why is that? Don't become angry, fretting. Why is that? Because verse 20 says, there will be no future for them. Their lamp will be put out. Now, what does that mean? And I think we ought to say this and we ought to teach this so we can take confidence in this truth. What does that mean? What that means is this. This is as good as it gets for them. This is their high point right here. This is it for them. They've had the reward. Well, they seem to never have a problem. They seem to go unpunished. Look how they're prospering. Look how their reputation is. This is as good as it gets for them. And it looks good. Here's what the Bible says. But it does not last. This is the top. This is the end of the trail. This is the end of the road for them. It does not last. Last, be sure as a Christian, there is only a future in Jesus Christ. No, I'd like to have those things, and I wish people thought of me the way they think of those folks. Listen, there is only a future in Jesus Christ. And so here's the truth. We can take joy in that. Hey, the, the wicked seem to be prospering. There's only a future in Jesus Christ. We can take hope in that. Oh, I want to see him paid back. There's only a future in Jesus Christ. We can, here's what the verses are teaching us, we can rest in that. You know what, I can be calm. You know what, I can be gracious. You know what, I can be filled with peace. I can even have great joy because God sees and God knows and this is their high point. There is no future except in Jesus Christ. Saying 29, verses 19 and 20, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked, for there will be no future for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Saying 30, my son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those who are given to change, for their calamity will rise suddenly. And who knows the ruin that comes from both of them. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those who are given to change, for their calamity will rise suddenly. And who knows the ruin that comes from both of them. Now this saying, saying 30, kind of has strange language. Let me explain it to you. The Lord, of course, is God. Fear God, fear the Lord. 
The king is God's instrument of justice. He tells us that here. He tells us in that New Testament as well. The king as an instrument of God's judgment. He is to, to hold up justice. He is to punish injustice. And so he is an instrument of the king. The Bible tells us that. And so those that are seeking change, those who are seeking change, what they're trying to do is they're trying to rebel against God's justice. They're trying to usher in what is wrong. Now listen, this is about as pertinent as it gets. That's exactly our day. They're trying to usher in what is wrong. They not only don't like what is right, they want people to accept evil. Now I want you to think about the last few weeks. I want you to think about the last couple years. Hey, you want to do that? Do that. Why do you want the law to reflect that? Why do you want the nation to bend to that? Why do you want people to rubber stamp that? Why do you want people to approve that? They, they not only don't like what's right, they want people to accept what is evil. This past week, our U.S. Senate accepted what is evil. It is evil, and they said, okay, we approve it. That's what they want. They not only want that, they want people to do evil to participate in evil. More than that, they want people to celebrate what is wrong. It's not enough to do it. It's, it's not enough to have it accepted. They want it celebrated. What is evil? They reject God. They reject his truth. And so they reject the righteous king and his law. That is our day exactly. Here's what the Bible says. Do not associate with them. Now, let me, what does that mean? Let me explain that. Associate translates, do not deal with them. It literally translates, do not become mingled with them. A heavier translation, do not become tied to them. Don't become hooked to them. Don't become tied to them. Don't become mingled with them. Here's the truth. As a follower of Christ, well, that sounds kind of hard, doesn't it? Do we seek to lead them to repentance? Yes. Do we seek and desire that they would follow and know our Savior God? Yes. Do we preach the gospel loudly? Yes. Do we do it diligently with resolve and boldness, with grace and kindness? Yes. There is a Savior for sinners. There is a hope. There is a God that loves you. But listen to this. But we are not mixing with them. We're not tying ourselves together with them. Our culture says this. If you don't do that, you don't love them. Our culture says if you don't do that, you're intolerant. You're a bigot. Listen, we preach the gospel to them. We, we pray for them but we do not tie ourselves, mix ourselves with them. Verse 22, for their calamity, here it is again, will rise suddenly. They won't endure. And who knows the ruin that comes from both of them. The truth of verse 22 is evil does not prevail. All right, that's the end to our 30 sayings. And we end really right back where we started. The question is this, so what will we do? So what will we do? Here's the 30 sayings. 
Here's God's wisdom. He says this is the way to live. Here's the question. So what will you do? Here's what I want to tell you the good news is, and this is the thing I love about our God and his graciousness in our gospel. Here's what I want to tell you I love about him. Tonight we draw a line. Here we are tonight. And I don't care where you are in life. I don't care where you've progressed to. I don't care where you've fallen back to. Here you are tonight. And in God's graciousness, you can draw a line tonight. And the past is the past. And you know what? The successes of the past, they don't really matter anymore. The failures of the past, they can be forgiven through Christ. And so we can draw a line tonight. Tomorrow we can get up and we can live according to the word of God. Oh, I don't know if I can. Listen, right now, you can wake up in the morning and you can live according to the word of God. Well, my reputation's shot, doesn't matter. Well, I'm too far gone, doesn't matter. In the morning, you can wake up and live according to the word of God. And when you do, it will bless you and it will glorify him. You have that opportunity tomorrow. I'm gonna talk like Christ, respond like Christ, look like Christ. I'm gonna know my Savior Christ to a a greater extent. And you can wake up in the morning and say, I'm gonna live according to the word of God and it will bless you, it will bless us, and it will glorify him. I'm gonna ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight and we're thankful for you tonight. We're thankful for not just a hope, that's a Christmas card word, but a hope that is true, a hope that lasts, a hope that endures, a hope that's built and anchored to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful in a busy time of the year that we have a Savior in Jesus. I'm thankful when Satan would try to distract us, that we have a gracious Savior and his perfect word to look to. Lord, I pray as we've passed through these 30 sayings, I pray that we have been built by them. I pray that we've been shaped by them. I I pray for the youngest ears here to the oldest ears here, that we have taken it in and that we're resolved not to be deluded, but that we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And I pray, Lord, that it begins tonight. I pray that it takes shape tomorrow. And I pray there's a people that live according to your truth that stand on your truth. Lord, and I pray that it's a great blessing to us. I know that it will be, and I pray that it glorifies you, and I know that it will. Lord, I come, and I again, I pray for our, our church. I pray for the ministries of our church. I pray for the mission of our church, to uphold the gospel, to preach it. Lord, I pray for tomorrow night again. I pray that it, the result is tremendous, unspeakable. Those ladies are in awe of our Savior, Jesus, as they leave tomorrow night. Lord, I pray that you would speak in that way. Lord, I come and I lay all this out to you, before you. Knowing who you are, that you're faithful, that you're trustworthy, that you're powerful, that you're kind, that you're gracious, that you're wise, and that you're loving, that you are loved. Lord, we lay it all out in front of you. I pray for these that have gathered Bless them, encourage them as they leave here. I pray for these listening in a different way tonight. Bless them, encourage them as well. And I pray, Lord, that you are known and that you are pleased. We trust it to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.